We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. Welcome into the LakersNation.com post post game show. The Lakers lose a very uh, very frustrating game for a lot of for a lot of Laker fans. I mean, including myself to a certain degree. But we're gonna dive into it. We're gonna, as always, be taking your questions and comments. I do want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Trevor and Matt wrapped up Lakers Nation live very nicely. Talk about what they're thankful for. And uh, I'm thankful for you guys as well. Like, truthfully, man, like, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this stuff without you guys. So I'm very, very thankful for you guys. And I'm also thankful that we're not 2-10. and 10. But let's dive in. So there's a bunch of talking points to come out tonight's game. Uh, there's already a comment I saw. Uh, how mad are you, Sean? LOL. Scale of 1-10. to 10. This definitely isn't like the maddest I've been. I forget what I was pissed off after the Miami game. I think, yeah, I think I, I was really mad after the Miami game. I was really mad after. Hmm, there's a lot of games that I could probably be mad about. Look back at the Lakers schedule really quick so I can better answer this question. I, I know I was mad at Miami. I was mad at just the lack of effort against Houston. I was pissed off against Denver. I remember that's the other game. It was Denver, it was Miami, and just lack of effort against Houston, right? Those are the three games, right? But on a scale of one to 10, I'm like a four. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm like not that mad. Um, so, so let's talk about it, right? The Lakers, they, okay, well, let me be more specific. I'm not mad with certain things. So I'm going to bump it up to like a six. Actually, I'm very frustrated at the fact that the Lakers just keep on starting these games out and putting themselves in bad situations. The first quarter actually wasn't bad, but the second and third quarter were just awful where the Lakers just said, eh, you know what? I, I, I would rather, uh, I would rather, you know, just not play basketball. That was the second and third quarter for the Lakers. The first and the fourth quarter for the most part, the Lakers were dominant and they were the best team on the floor in the first and fourth quarters tonight, right? Um, so I'm mad about that. 
But in terms of the fourth quarter goes, for one, I'm not that mad. I'm not that mad at the LeBron three with 33 seconds left. I'm per, I know I'm not like not, I'm not going to be upset if you are mad at it, but me personally, I kind of live with it. Why one, he's your best player. He's your best offensive player for damn sure. And that's not even a debate anymore. Like we can't keep having this back and forth argument about LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron James is the best offensive player on this team, right? Bottom line. Okay. Right. So he's your best offensive player who is, has been a remarkable jump shooter this season. He's a 41.4% three point shooter this season, including tonight. And then heading into tonight, he was like a 36% pull-up three-point shooter, which are obviously more uh, difficult shots, right? So with that being said, I'm okay with the LeBron three, personally, right? I, I get being mad at it, but me personally, I'm not mad at that particular play. Now, let's go down the floor again. Okay, okay, cool. LeBron misses the shot, no big deal. You're up two, right? You go down the floor. This is where it kind of happened in Milwaukee, Right. But this is where the Lakers and Darvin Ham's stubbornness, which is the exact same thing. They got Coach Boonholzer uh, in trouble. Their stubbornness in terms of like situations where we have to divert from our scheme ultimately kind of cost the Lakers. And it cost the Bucks a ton when Boonholzer was there, where both the Bucks and the Lakers are the Boonholzer version of the Bucks and the Lakers, right? They both have this philosophy, and I completely understand it, right? Uh, we want to protect the paint first. The paint is the priority, right? And then we'll focus about the three ball. All right, we'll give we'll give the Lakers and the Bucks both have, or again, Budenholzer version of the Bucks had the same philosophy of, you know, we are more likely, or we are we are happier with giving up a three then giving up a layup right or a layup first then an open three right more than happy with that so austin reeves over commits on a luca drive up two where it's like no 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 why are we over committing here stay home you're especially when you're guarding one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time in kyrie irving right why why are we over committing here why are we helping right so, and, and that cost him there. And Kyrie obviously burns the Lakers and hits the uh, open, relatively open three. That's stubbornness or whatever from the Lakers. And Austin just has to be better. You can't be that low right there in, in, uh, in a situation like that. Um, let's see really quick. Um, and then you go back down, right? So this is, this is also where I think some people are, are really frustrated. People are mad at the no timeout with 23 seconds left or 20 seconds over the Lakers bringing the ball down the floor. I am not mad at the no timeout, right? And here's why one Darvin said this in his post game. And I completely agree. It's. You don't want the defense to potentially set something up. You know, they get a line change. They get to 
make an adjustment right in a timeout setting or maybe you blitz the lebron james ball screen right are you are you just gonna aggressively double right you don't want the defense up to potentially the defense is in the disadvantage here right the defense is in the disadvantage where you can call something out if you're the offense you can call a play out the defense can't really do that on the floor it's gonna be a little too chaotic it's hard for them to do that and the lakers technically got what they wanted they got Kyrie Irving on LeBron James they got to switch now complain about the urgency sure right but the Lakers got what they wanted they got Kyrie Irving on LeBron James on the right wing and LeBron throws kind of a nonchalant pass in my opinion to AD where First off, in that situation, that pass just has to be so perfect, right? It just has to be. That pass has to be perfect right there, right? In order in order for, you know, Anthony Davis to get it, right? And it's such a tough pass where I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to go get fouled. Go get fouled or go to the rim force Rashawn Holmes to step up, then hit the dump off pass to AD. LeBron just kind of standing on one foot, throwing it, not on one foot, but like he's on his back foot, throwing the ball to AD at the rim, kind of like aimlessly. Like, yeah, that pass has to be perfect. And it wasn't. And the Lakers get a turnover, you have to foul, yada, yada, right? And also another benefit of keeping the timeout is you have to call another timeout when Dallas blows up the first play you draw up to get a ultimately good look at a LeBron James three and he just misses short with the game on the line, right? So, like, I am not all that mad personally, right? Because, I mean, you come back, right? And, you know, not a moral victory or whatever, but you, you make a great comeback, but you just got to be better, man. You got to be better down the stretch just simple i'm not mad at the lebron three i think you live with that that's your best player he's, he's been a really good jump shooter this season uh, that, that's kind of a shrug to me personally um yeah man lebron's a 75 percent finisher at the rim so again like i i completely understand being mad at the at the shot because, but I think the fact that LeBron is such a well versified offensive player, at least score right now, where great finisher at the rim, good mid range jump shooter so far this season, and great three point shooter so far like 41.4. Has he ever shot the? Oh, uh, yeah, 14 15. 14 15. LeBron shot, I want to say like 43% maybe from three. It was something crazy like that. Not 14, not 14, 15. 14, 15 was the down year. I'm talking about 13, 14 in Miami. That's the year I'm referring to. So, like, I don't know. Me personally, I live with that shot. Your best player, man. All right, chat. Let's see what we got here. What, what, what are your thoughts? Vent to me about this game. Uh, talk about the cut, Sean. What cut? What cut? There's a bunch of stuff that we could talk about. We can go to we can go to Anthony Davis again. 
we can go to oh man that that's the stuff that does kind of irritate me or frustrate me or whatever um let's take a look at the box score or the analytics stuff 84 for 10 that's just unacceptable 10 points 13 boards four assists one steal one block delo 15 points five assists one steal two for four from three Torian Prince, where have you been? Thank you. 14 points, six rebounds, two assists, six of 10 from the floor, two of five from three. Let's go. And for the Lakers off the bench, Austin Reeves got going late. 17 points, six assists, six rebounds, only two turnovers, seven to 14 from the floor. He did only shoot one of five from three. Rui Hachimura, four of 11 from the floor, one of two from three and nine points christian wood another like no show um look i i think that i think that the lakers um just frustrating man the lakers first off they gotta do they, they gotta please just stop stop doing the the like full line changes where it's no LeBron, D'Lo, or AD on the floor. Like, we got to stop that. Stop having those lineups where there's no LeBron, D'Lo, or uh, AD on the floor, please. Like, there is no reason why, Darvin, that you can't just stagger two and two and say, oh, hey, look, we could play D'Lo and LeBron on the floor together. Austin and AD on the floor together. Like, there's no need for this to where we're only playing one or we're, it's a full line change or it's only one player on the floor like i said where we keep going to this austin reeves lineup where it's just austin by himself but i know anthony davis is banged up and i, and I do like want to not overly like bash him or whatever right but at some point man with anthony davis right I, I said this after I forget what game it was at this point because Anthony Davis, it, it does unfortunately seem I'm just stating facts. I'm not hating. Um, it does feel like we have like one of these games every third game, unfortunately, with AD, right? But I wasn't mad at Anthony Davis scoring 16 points against Portland, right? You know why I wasn't mad? I wasn't mad because he took 19 shots, right? I'm not mad at that. I wasn't mad at AD only having 18 points against Phoenix. You know why? One, he was coming off the injury. And two, he had eight free throws to go along with 14 shots, right? I was pissed off when AD had nine points against Sacramento. You know why? Because he had nine shots. He had the same amount of shots as he did points and didn't rebound effectively, right? Tonight, I'm mad. He had the same amount of points as he did shots like AD. Bad, you know, players are allowed to have off games, right? That is a fact. Bad play. I mean, sorry, excuse me, not bad players. Players are allowed to have bad games, right? Just a fact, okay? LeBron's had a bad game before. It looks like, quite frankly, this is going to be a bad LeBron James game, right? Bron, you're allowed to have it. KD has bad games. Jokic, to a certain extent, I guess, that has bad games. Luka, Steph has bad games. Like, they are allowed to. You are allowed to have Jason Tatum, right? 
you're allowed to have a bad game. Nobody's ever said that, right? But what shouldn't happen is you just don't, like, shoot the ball. Like, have a bad game, but have a bad game and shoot 21 shots, right? And why I'm so frustrated with Anthony Davis is because Anthony Davis's bad games are not bad games because he just missed. His bad games are because either the Lakers or himself just can't, just aren't finding shots. Shoot the ball. That's all I ever want from Anthony Davis is just shoot the freaking ball. I almost swear I cussed right there. Shoot the ball. I could give two. <laughs> I could care less. Like Joel Embiid has had games since he reshot eight for 21, eight for 22 from the floor, right? Maybe that's a bad example because he still ended up with tw- with 25 plus points or whatever, right? But like you're allowed to have off shooting nights. No, I don't think I don't think any uh, I'm gonna speak for Laker Nation here on this one. I don't think anybody has ever said you are incapable of having a bad game. Or like you are you are not allowed to have a bad game. I don't think anybody, definitely not anybody on the staff. I don't even think anybody in Lakers Nation in general, in terms of the fan base, has ever said Anthony Davis can't have a bad game. It's the inconsistency, inconsistency with said, or at this point, the consistency with said bad games. And it's just like not shooting. Now, again, to a certain extent, like give him the ball, right? And that is also, um, that is also. What that's also part of the problem and what and part of the Anthony Davis um conundrum, if you will, right? Is that the fact that he can't create his own shot at a high level, he is dependent upon other players, where his contemporaries are not dependent on other players, right? They're just not. Giannis isn't dependent on another player for him to get his shot off. Jokic isn't dependent on another player to get his shot off. Joel Embiid. Right, they're just not. But Anthony Davis, the fact that the jumper just still isn't there right now is super frustrating, and it's kind of holding him back. Right, Anthony Davis this season on jumpers from mid range is shooting twenty five percent on mid range jumpers this season. Right, and the fact that Anthony Davis isn't this great playmaker out of po- out of post-up situations, right? I'm just going to go double AD every single time, right? Now, and then the Lakers, now he can he can be a good passer out of the post. He's done it before, right? Um but the Lakers got to give him the ball more, but ADS is just dumb. like just go get it, man. Golly. How did I become a, a Laker nation? How did I become a Laker fan from Ohio? My dad's a Laker fan. Grew up being a Laker fan because of my dad. There you go. I kept on that question. Kept seeing that question. But to go back to the Anthony Davis stuff, like Anthony Davis, like, like I think about it this way, D'Lo, right? D'Lo, when he has a bad game, he has a really it's it's a bad game for D'Lo, right? But I just don't feel like D'Lo, even to a certain extent, 
just completely and, and part of it is because he is a ball handler, right? We do have to acknowledge that as well, right? But Dilo's gonna shoot, right? And sometimes he's even gonna shoot himself out of a game, right? But just have to be better, man. Gotta be better. And now this is where I'm gonna come in and say, hey, Darwin, be better. Teams are like they're there's they're, they're gonna game plan, right? And I think that the Lakers haven't done a good job schematically at times in terms of finding other ways to consistently get him the ball. I thought last season they had a ton of success with their off screen, with their wide pin down series for AD in the corner. I thought they had a great job for Anthony Davis in the regular season with the, you know, pick and roll attack. He is one of the best finishers ever in the NBA, right? Just got to be better, man. Got to be better. Uh, J-Kid, game plan better than Ham? I don't even think I agree with that. I, I'm not, like, completely sure I agree with that completely, right? Because if you go back to tonight's game, I think the Lakers... With, with some of the stuff that I saw on tape, like, they had 16 post-up possessions. I have to go watch the, the post-up film, right? But the fact of the matter is, they played you one-on-one, like, uh, I don't even have it shared. They played it one-on-one. Dallas did nine times, right? And let me see who got, yeah, I want to see players, preferably. Lakers, okay, seven of the 16 post-up touches went to AD, right? But they're, if they're playing it one-on-one, like, just go up, go at him, right? I don't like how that shows when it shows the players, right? But single coverage, 0.44 point per possession is embarrassing, right? Like, you guys got to be better one-on-one guys at the rim, the ball screen attack tonight, right? was great. The Lakers, when they attacked, when they faced the, the Mavericks drop coverage, was great tonight, right? The Lakers ball screen defense, I think I live with this performance, right? I have to go take a look at the film, and I'll post some stuff tomorrow. But the pick and roll man attack is non-existent right now. The Lakers ISO attack wasn't good enough tonight. And that's another thing, too. Like, I'm going to talk about the guards next, but... You got you got a like uh, okay like shooting performance. Like this wasn't terrible. Not to the point where I'm saying, yeah, the Lakers lost because of their shooting, right? I mean, you just look at the box score stats and the Lakers shot they shot 38% from three. 38% from three. LeBron hit four. D'Lo hit two. Toyank is back. Maybe. Ruby hit one. Austin hit one. Mac, uh, Max hit one. It's so like you didn't lose this game. I think the Lakers are, I think we're finally starting to see like some of the regression, the positive regression to the mean, right? With this Lakers team. But like, golly, man. It's just so frustrating. The just inconsistencies. This team has to get it together. Now, some positives, right? And this, I'm going to, I got to get through this. I got to get through this. <laughs> 
Jared says uh, Sean's right counter this episode is 15,273. I do say right a lot, even when I'm like coaching my players and I'm like, and I'm in film, I would say, hey, you got to do a better job here, cover up the backside. All right. So I see, yeah, it's just force a habit. By the way, guys, uh, that's a great reminder. Super chats are the easiest way to make sure and the, you know, guaranteed way rather to make sure you guys get your question answered live on the air by sending in a super chat i will get through any super chats that we do get tonight and i am grateful for all of you guys that do decide to donate super chats make sure you guys leave a like on this on this video as well get this video out to as many people as possible that want to vent and uh discuss this very frustrating loss josh giddy what did what did josh giddy do because uh, i've seen a bunch of that I've seen a bunch of that. Yeah, uh, Lyman, I am a coach. Am I breaking a clipboard if you coach this game? Not during the game. I've I've never I've only broken a clipboard once. It was actually in practice. I've only broken a clipboard once. So it's in practice. Because I'm I'm the offensive coordinator for our high school basketball team. Or that's my role rather is like being the the offensive coordinator. And one of the teams like it was white versus black, white like white jersey, black jersey. And one of the teams didn't execute like our offense, and I just snapped the board in half. So broke it over my knee. So there we go. Um, hold on, wait, Josh Kitty's doing what? Huh? No way, chat. Are we serious right now? That can't be real. Hold on. I'm scrolling through Twitter really, really fast. See if I can find it. Oh. Wow. That's, uh, well, he's a scumbag for sure. Now, like, that's like the number one thing that pops into my mind. He's a scumbag. And I hope the league, if, if they're able to verify this, I hope they uh hope they do something about it and you know penalize him accordingly. Yeah, that's that's messed up. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. That's another thing. So now I'm, 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 I'm even extra angry about that, right? Gosh. I like completely forgot my train of thought where we were going to go with this. Um, oh, okay. Never mind. I, I, I got to reel it back in, reel it back in. But once again, leave a like on this video. Push this thing out to as many people as possible. Um, there, there's this notion going around right now that the Lakers aren't a championship contender, right? And it, oh, they, they, they haven't beaten. They haven't gotten a, a good win, right? Which sure, right? Or like, oh, they've only beaten, they've only beaten bad teams or whatever. Which factually isn't correct, right? Like, the Rockets are not a bad team. The Magic are not, but Magic are a good team actually, right? And uh, the Clippers, their record doesn't say, it, but the Clippers aren't a bad team. The Suns, you beat the Suns twice. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, you know, they miss X, Y, Z. I don't want to hear it, right? Um. The Clippers record right now. I mean, when you play them, they were three and one. The Clippers are hovering around 500 right now, right? So for one, and here's what I gotta say: for one, it's November, right? I don't care. Like if you're, I, I don't really care if you're playing like a contender in November. I care if you're playing like a, a contender in March, in April, in May, right? In February, even. That's what I care about. I could give a sh. <laughs> I could care less if you're a contender in November. I really could care. I, I I don't care, right? And I think something that's kind of getting underlooked is the fact that you have not played with your best perimeter defender. You just haven't. You haven't played with your best perimeter defender. You haven't played with your best perimeter defending guard and, uh, and Gabe, right? In terms of like the guards are going to play. Between Gabe, between Austin D'Lo, right? You haven't played without, you haven't played with him yet since like the second or third game of the year, right? You've missed open shots from guys that are like genuinely good shooters, Torian Prince being the main one, Gabe Vincent, who at the very least, even if you don't think he's a good shooter, he ain't a 7% from three shooter, right? And the defensively, you are the like you've been you're you're number nine in the NBA right now in defensive rating. You're ninth. So somehow, without having your best perimeter defender, you've mustered up a top 10 defense. Now, large the a large reason for that is the fact that you have Anthony Davis as your big, and he is the best rim protecting big 
in the NBA, or one of at least, right? He's, he's, uh, I'm going to backtrack. He's not the best rim-protecting big, but his rim protection does lead to him being the best defender on the planet, in my opinion, right? I still believe that wholeheartedly, right? But you haven't played with your best perimeter-defending player yet, and you're a top-10 defense. Your shooters haven't decided to wake up yet, right? And you have hit – I mean, you just missed, you know, tough shots. I mean, not tough shots. You just missed – Open looks. That's what I wanted to say. You've missed some open looks, right? And you're a team right now that's nine and seven. And this is why this is why I'm so mad about this. And I hate the whole, oh, you haven't beaten any good team yet. Okay, cool. What if the Lakers lost to Utah last night, right? What if the Lakers lost to Memphis? What if the Lakers lost to Portland both times? Do you know how pissed off we would be right now? So, like, can we please... Stop the, oh, you haven't beaten this team, this team, this team, that you're not a contender yet. Or, oh, you know, you've only beaten, you've only beaten bad teams or mid teams. Well, guess what? The Lakers didn't win those games. They'll be below 500. They would be 2-10 and 10 like we were last year. Because the fact of the matter is, these are the games that the Lakers were not winning last year. So I don't ask of much, but like, can we, I don't ask for much from you guys. But like, please, let's stop, like, the this early into the season let's stop like the oh you know they haven't been in this team or like they've only been bad teams which again is still not, like not true it's just not i don't care that this team isn't playing like a like the celtics right now who are balling i don't care it doesn't bother me at all that they're not playing like the celtics or the timberwolves I really could care less right now, right? I don't. Now, if they're not playing at a championship level in March, like I said, or in April, okay, cool. In February, hell, even January, sure, right? But, like, I just don't – I'm not mad about the record right now. You're just two and ten last year. You're nine and seven. You had an opportunity to be the four seed if you win tonight. Come on, man. Muhammad sends in a super chat. Appreciate it. Some he says sometimes it feels like 80 is a great number three, not a number two option. Yeah. Like again, go out swinging. Go out swinging, man. Go out, go out on your guard offensively, right? Don't go out on 10 shots and you score 10 points. What's up, Tony? How you doing, bro? Don't go out like that. Again, Lakers at times can do a better job of getting in the ball, right? But also at the same time, like, you got to just shoot the freaking ball, man. Like, we have a saying, again, like I said, I'm the offensive coordinator, and I'm not, like, trying to, like, keep throwing that at your face. I'm literally about to, like, explain something. So we have a saying or, like, a rule that I had to implement, right, for my team, right? And the rule was we have, like, a 6'9", 6'10", big on our team, right? That's a really good finisher. You take out the threes he takes. He's like a 65% shooter from the floor, right? If you take out all of his threes, right? So the rule is if if he is on the block calling for the ball, you throw him the damn ball, right? Point blank period, you get subbed out, right? You you throw you either throw him the ball or you get subbed out if he's calling for it, right? Now, if he doesn't call for the ball, right? That's free game, right? And I bring that up to say 
Like, if Anthony Davis is looking for the ball, you got to throw him the ball, right? But if Anthony Davis is, like, not is, – is looking disinterested at all or, you know, like, frustrated because, like, the Lakers are – I mean, the opposing team scheming out of games, which we've seen what happened before. Okay, cool. Now, then, yeah, it's free reign for the guards, right? Like, if 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 he's not demanding the ball, even at the elbow, go create from the elbow, go get to the rim, post up on the block. Like, again – if AD scored had 10 points tonight, if AD had 10 points tonight, but he shot it 23 times, I promise you, I could care less. I wouldn't be mad at I wouldn't be mad at him for it. Like you're allowed to have a bad game, right? But gosh, man, so freaking frustrating. I, I've been pleased with the defense. I mean, I'm I'm so happy that we're finally starting to see this team like embrace the hedging which worked a lot tonight hedging um because when they when they do it they're a way better ball screen team right now and i talked about this in the past man when this team hedges ball screens or switches and negates their screen navigation problems and they're just a way better team they're a way better team when they're able to do that when they send like an extra man whether they commit, like whether it's nail help or they hedge and they don't play the action just straight up 2v2 out of a ball screen, this is they have the seventh best ball screen defense in the NBA, right? In terms of, again, like percentage of hedging or like switching or like having any additional help percentage-wise, they're 13. So like let's be a top 10 defense in that unit. Um, very frustrating loss, man. Very, very frustrating loss. I, I I know I said I wasn't mad, but I think the more and more normally these are like good, these are good uh venting sessions to like stop yourself from getting mad. But like the more and more I've talked, the more and more I've gotten upset with the loss. I'm not gonna lie. Oh man, Lakers are back Saturday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's gonna be a very annoying game we can we can wrap this up how we always do and take a look at take a look at that Cavs matchup and how the Lakers could potentially scout for this team we we came up with a good game plan last time for the Jazz so let's see if we can do it again for the Cavs Leon says yeah it's when you have to explain it haha <laughs> yeah yeah uh, just because I'm from Ohio doesn't mean I'm a Cavs fan. Like, anyway, let's take a look here. Off, uh, offensively, well, let's let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. Let's go. Let's go to their four factors data first, and then we're gonna go to some synergy data and scout this team. Chat. Also, let me know. Like, let me know really quickly in the comments down below too. If you guys like this format where we kind of address the game that just happened. And then we um, we dive into the next opponent. So I, we, we've kind of been doing that recently anyway. But I just want to get your guys' thoughts and feedback on that. Let me know in the comments down below. Do you guys like the idea of, hey, look, address the game. And then let's, let's do a quick preview and kind of scouting report on the next team. Let me know if you guys like that. You can let me know in the chat right now or let me know in the comments down below. All right. Let's take a look here. Offensive rating. The Cavs rank in offensive rating 23rd. In defensive rating, the Cavs rank 14th. In offensive rebounding percentage, which we know the Lakers are notorious for getting burned on the offensive glass, 
The Cavs are 20th, right? Okay. Defensive rebounding percentage. The Cavs are 23rd. Huh. Okay. Well, let's take a look at their four-factor data. Four factors. Effective field goal percentage. The Cavs are 16th, so right around middle of the pack. The Lakers are... That pass them? Where are the Lakers at? The Lakers are 11th in effective field goal percentage. Wow. Uh, free throw rate. The Lakers are fourth. The Cavs are 11th. So they do a fairly decent job of getting to the line. They're not elite at it like the Lakers and these other three teams are, but they do a good enough job at it. Uh, turnover percentage. The Cavs are 18th. The Lakers are 21st. So both teams kind of have some problems to turn the ball over. Already looked at offense rebound percentage. Opponent effective field goal percentage. So how good is your defense? Essentially, Lakers are 8th, and the Cavs are 10th in effective field goal percentage. Opponent free throw rate, how good are you at defending without fouling? The Lakers are number 1. The Cavs are 23rd, so they foul a ton. Opponent turnover percentage, how often can you force a turnover? The Cavs are 13th. The Lakers are 15th. So they kind of are pretty evenly matched if you look at just at the four-factor data, right? Um, let, Let's see. Under three. Huh? Okay, I'm not. Never mind. Um, Let's see. All right, let's take a look at the synergy data and game plan for this team now. So, offensively. I keep forgetting that didn't pop up. Offensively, they are going to use ball screens a ton. They are in the 83rd percentile in terms of like ball screen usage, right? Where they have 40 ball screen possessions a game. Pick and roll ball handler, uh, where the ball handler is making either a shot, a free throw foul, turn free throw foul, shoot. <laughs> Foul, turnover, made shot, missed shot from the ball handler or a pass out to another player. Sorry for, you know, lose some of my wording there. The Cavs, top five in terms of usage of pick and roll. And they face, like, extra help at a pretty high rate. They're ninth in terms of how much extra help they face. In terms of points per possession off of it, they're middle of the pack. They're all, they're all right at adjusting to that. They're, so in terms of their other scoring possessions, right? We know that they're going to look to work ball screen stuff. They are not that good in transition. I mean, well, they're good in transition. It's how often they run out in transition. They're 20 in terms of transition frequency. They do cut a lot. They get a lot of stuff off cuts, but it's more like dump-offs and stuff. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, like those are dump-off stuff. But that is something you got to keep an eye out for. The lob stuff with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen again. Max Struess, who's the guy you can hit on some pick-a-pop stuff where, yeah, like some guard-to-guard screens. You got to be ready to guard that stuff. Uh, ISO attack. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. I don't know, man. Like, it's really... This is a game, again, when you need Bando. But when I look at Donovan Mitchell, right, like, I think I, I'm, I'm hedging Donovan Mitchell ball screens, right? Like, I don't feel 
and maybe even Darius Garland ball screens. I'm going to take a look at their film tonight. I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight, honestly. Um, but I, I think that's some of the stuff you can do. And then really quickly to take a look at their defense. This is not a good transition defense. Their pick and roll defense, though, grades out to be some of the best in the league, right? To the point where teams aren't, aren't even really running ball screens against them. That's how good their pick and roll defense is. Wasn't really aware of that. So that's fun, right? Uh, do you have to be ready for any zone against them? No, they're not going to run zone at all, at all essentially. They've only ran 18 possessions of zone all year. They've ran 1,400 possessions of, of man defense. So I'm not worried about that. But again, I am worried about the fact that they are the best ball screen team in the NBA. Like, that's really, really impressive. And in terms of pick and roll for the lob or like for the big, yeah, again, they're really, really good at it. How can you beat this team? Uh, I don't, it doesn't look like their post defense is all that great, but teams aren't really attacking them at it. So I don't know, man. This is going to be a very interesting game. I think teams do try to attack them in ISO, maybe try to get them sleeping off the ball. So that is something I think you can keep an eye out on for this game. But it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Live 30 minutes away from Cleveland, going to the game Saturday, go LA. Hey, awesome. And CJ Too Cool says I'll be at that game as well. Well, I hope you guys have a fun time and a fun experience. I haven't been to Quick Loans Arena. I know it's Rocket Mortgage uh, Arena now. I haven't been there yet. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe I'll make a trip up there. Wait, Saturday, never mind. I will not be making a trip up there because I will not be on the show Saturday. So there will be no post post game show Saturday. But maybe I'll make up for it and we'll do an extra show like Sunday or whatever for you guys. Like a Sunday night live stream. Maybe we'll do that. Um, Damon says, Sean, you got to lay out the Celsius, bro. Do I have a Celsius on me? I mean, I do drink Celsius every once in a while. <laughs> All right, guys. This is a fun show. I'm thankful for you guys for joining me and allowing us to do this again. It's on a night where the Lakers did lose this game in frustrating fashion. But Lakers Nation, thank you. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. Lakers are back Saturday against the Cleveland Cavaliers to start off their road trip. Until next time, everybody. Have a good night. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. See ya. Have a good one. Go Lakers. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.